ladies and gentlemen, we're halfway there. Kinda. Let's get started. And they are going to win! Pierre Gasly wins the Italian Grand Prix! Three cars going well to well as Perez is caught by Charles Leclerc and his three cars gone off! It's a DNF for MAX! The World Championship record is equaled. Lewis Hamilton, seven-time champion of the world! I thought you were going to living on a prayer. <laughs> I try to avoid that awful cliche, but uh, there we go. So yes, we are roughly halfway there in terms of the 2021 Formula One uh, calendar. In terms of this year, there's of course many question marks over whether there will be 23 races. Uh, Japan has been cancelled, for example, owing to the COVID situation there. So we thought, just before we resume with a uh, race at Spa, we'll go through our winners, losers, and those who have a point to prove. Uh, going into the second half of this calendar of Formula 1. So, for context, for those who are listening, um, we can only pick one winner, i.e. I can't pick Daniel Ricciardo to be a loser, and Tristan can't do the same. We've got to all pick different drivers and or teams to uh, fulfil the uh, categories that we have on our display. So, yeah, let's start off with winners. Um, Tristan, who have you got as a winner so far in this season? So, uh, my, my first winner is Max Verstappen. I think that's relatively self-explanatory. And when I was assessing this, I decided to ignore some things like luck and whatever. I think he's got a complete package this year. He's got a good team behind him. It's not like you a bit like Ferrari when sometimes you think, what's their strategy doing? The Red Bull team seems to be relatively strong. Uh, they are particularly impressive, actually, in pit stops, which is a massive advantage when it comes to trying to beat Mercedes. And I think he's just got all round quite a good thing going at the moment, as as evidence from the fact that, well, uh, up until two races ago, he was leading the World Championship. And it's all to play mm. for uh, in that. So I think he's an absolute winner. We might well see a different World Championship, a uh, different World Champion at the end of this, this season. So, yeah, I don't think it's, it's possible to sort of do winners without including... Uh, Mr. Max, or as he was in the Silverstone uh, end of the sprint race, Emperor Max. <laughs> Angus, what do you think? Oh, I've, I've managed to select two winners. I think my, I'm going to do my first one first. Um, I think, again, pretty self-explanatory, Lando Norris. I mean, he's had an absolute stormer of a season so far. Um, I saw a stat the other day, which is that, in an article, which is that in the 10 races that he's finished um in seven of them he's come home as the first non-mercedes and red bull car um which considering you've got mclaren ferrari sometimes alpine and aston martin and alpha Tauri in that sort of packed midfield i think it's a fantastic uh, statistic a real badge of honor um like regular consistent finishes um not just in like lower points in the top five and getting the podiums as well uh, racing with like bottas and perez on many occasions um and also answering the questions that I think a lot of people had, probably including us, had before the year as to whether he would, whether he would take this opportunity to really establish himself as the leader of that McLaren team, um, and also like take advantage of the fact that whilst Daniel Ricciardo is a world class driver, he's new to the team, and could Norris take advantage of that um, and re-establish himself? And he's he's taken that opportunity fully so far, um, and yeah, I mean, I think. And also, just little things like even in Hungary, if he hadn't got taken out at the start, again, would have been on for a, possibly a podium or a win in that race. So I think 
yeah, just f- phenomenal starts to the season for him. Definitely a winner. And McLaren tying him down to a long-term contract as well um, shows that he's quite possibly one of the most prized assets in, in Formula 1 out of the drivers at the moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, my winner is someone we've spoken about quite recently, so I'll keep it short and sweet. But yeah, Fernando Alonso, he scored points in 8 out of 11 races. He got that fourth place at Hungary. Held up Lewis Hamilton for 10 laps, which was a remarkable achievement. I don't think anyone else could have really done that for that length in that Alpine car, which is if we're being honest, quite average. And yeah, the fact that he was able to ensure that Ocon won that race, um, getting that high finish after, yes, being 40 years old, being three years out of the sport, having that uh, that cycling injury and the dental surgery that had to come along, all things were sort of going against him. And he, you know, there were many questions he had to, to answer and many critics like ourselves who um, he had to prove wrong, which he's done in my case. I said that Alpine would be running with a broken leg with him there. Hmm. And that's been uh, proved to be utterly false but um yeah i think he's done a very good job i mean 11 in the drivers championship is not to be scoffed at really uh in terms of the quality of car that he's in and um yeah i think he's done pretty well so who's the biggest winner then of those three because i would i would i'd like to say verstappen but i feel like this that crown is going to be at the end of the season i'm more drawn towards angus's norris if i'm totally honest because i feel like he where Norris is at the moment means that he, he can't really fall so much in the, to the end of the season. So Max Verstappen, for example, being the biggest winner at the moment, but then it might go horribly wrong in the second half of the season. Given that the the Lando Norris argument that Angus has presented is is very much like, oh well he's very he is very steadily brilliant <laughs> this season. Yeah. I would yeah. say that given the package that mm. McLaren has given him and his just ability to, to make the car fly and um wow punch above his weight sometimes it means i think he is actually the biggest winner um of well so far actually and definitely showing himself to be one of the great drivers on the track especially for his age mm. yeah i definitely agree he's always getting an yeah. eight out of ten when it comes to race performances in my book and yeah scoring points so highly you know out uh, outperforming daniel ricardo so much and getting that McLaren up there with the two big boys of uh, Mercedes and and Red Bull, you know, week in, week out, it's not to be scoffed at, particularly his age. Why did Lewis Hamilton not make our list? I don't know. know. It's it's a a weird one because Verstappen obviously is on our winners list. Um, But Hamilton's leading the Drivers' Championship and he's not on our winners list. I don't know. It It just feels to me that Hamilton has had quite a bit of luck go his way this season and I know there are certain things which you could say like um, for example him messing up the, the, the restart in Baku and going down the escape road and losing a losing a certain win or something like um, I don't know I don't know it just, it just there have been times where he's been unlucky this season but there are lots of times where for example being down in like 8th or ninth at Imola after he'd been off the road and then a red flag is thrown, allows him to repair the car, and he gets up to second. At Silverstone, if it wasn't for the red flag at Silverstone, he probably would have had to retire his car after the damage in that collision with Verstappen. But lo and behold, there's a red flag, and he repairs the car, wins the race. Something like Hungary, where his teammate has organised the world's most expensive game of 10-pin bowling <laughs> in the first corner. <laughs> managed, to co- managed to somehow coordinate taking out his main championship rival... His, his teammate managed to coordinate taking out his main championship rival and his main championship rival's teammate in the only other car that could challenge Hamilton on a on that day. Um, 
so yeah, like he he has had quite a bit of luck in his favour, possibly why. And also to be fair, just because probably we're at the stage where Lewis Hamilton is a seven-time world champion, like we expect him to be, yeah. like him leading the world championship. I fully expected him to win his eighth title this year, and the fact that he is not, well, I mean, I mean, he obviously is leading the championship, but the fact that he is not streets ahead perhaps comes as a surprise. So maybe that's why he's not in, he's not in the winners' category, but. I mean, come the end of the season, he may well be, depending on the the outcome of the championship. So we'll have to see. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we've become so accustomed to Lewis Hamilton being so excellent at every race, and the fact that you know you got that fifteenth place at um, uh, Baku, you also had you know a few fourth places, a seventh place at Monaco. You know, irrespective of how difficult it is to overtake there, we've almost become accustomed, as I say to the reality that Lewis Hamilton will always be on the top step of the podium or maybe occasionally on the second. And I suppose if he had run away with the championship like he did last year and the year before that, then I probably would put him on my winner's list. But because it's so close and because ultimately Verstappen's been so unlucky rather than Lewis Hamilton has outperformed him in that Mercedes, I would say that's the reason why Lewis Hamilton is not my Uh, immediate winner and as you say I think you know we can't call him a winner yet like Verstappen I don't think because the real crown comes in Abu Dhabi and I think then we can go and say oh yes he was a winner because he won the world championship or did not Um, so yeah it's it's interesting because I don't think many people put Hamilton on like the 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 big winner list until the end of the season when he takes the world championship (laughs) as it's been for a few years like it just is an interesting thing like 2020 lewis hamilton got as many world championships that year as he did driver of the day so (laughs) (laughs) and and so you know (laughs) it's bizarre really that he's just this great driver that we 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 hold up as a you know maybe the pinnacle of drivers in our our generation but He's yeah, he's he's just expected to be good. Anything under that is well, he's fine. So I I think you're right. I think he's 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 not necessarily biggest winner because he's just doing what Lewis Hamilton does. And I don't think you get um you don't get anything special for business as usual. <laughs> and mm, what yeah, a great position yeah. to be business yeah. as usual, eh? Being world champion. <laughs> okay, so going on to our losers, who do we think has perhaps failed so far out of the eleven races? Who have we got there, Angus? Uh, so I've gone for two losers on this yeah. section, um, two that really stuck out to me. Uh, one of them being Valtteri Bottas. I think for for a driver who's been designated as um, by Toto Wolff a few years ago as a great wingman, um, he hasn't necessarily <laughs> friend zoned or Formula you, yeah, One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's literally. If you from from one possible point of view, he was the ultimate wingman in causing two and a half million pounds worth of Red Bull carbon fibre damage at the first corner in Hungary. But at the same time, compared to previous years, where admittedly Mercedes have had the fastest car by distance, and he's been it's been much easier for him to consolidate that second place behind Hamilton. Um, this year, he just he, he just hasn't been up to that level. I just looking at his statistics here. He's only finished above third place once, which to me is is crazy for a, a guy who's in the second seat in Mercedes. Yeah. Um, you'd surely expect a lot better than him from um, from him than that. Um, the fact that Sergio Perez, Esteban Ocon, and Pierre Gasly have all won a Grand Prix since Valtteri Bottas last won a Grand hmm. Prix, considering he's in a Mercedes, is a pretty damning statistic. Um, but I just it it could just be a build up of the pressure around like. 
hit him in the second seat. I mean, there's pressure on him every year. There's always speculation about whether he's going to get renewed. And now with George Russell coming to the end of his Williams contract, that's only being heightened. So it might it might be contributing to like him sort of almost seems like he's he's burning out in that Mercedes environment. Um, but for sure, his performance level has dropped this year, and that's for me why he's he would be on the losers. The other loser for me, um, Daniel Ricciardo. Simple. If like, if Lando Norris is is the big winner of this year, first half of the season, Daniel Ricciardo has to be a loser um, because the expect. I mean, the expectations were, were high for him, even though he's going to a new team. He is. I mean, even despite this poor first half of the season, he still is a world class driver, a multiple Grand Prix winner. Um, with great experience, he's got his two hundredth Grand Prix coming up this weekend at Spa. So he's like he's not lacking for experience or guile, but he's just had a shocking start to the season. He's been out qualified, he's been outraced, he's been outmaneuvered in every way by Lando Norris, um, who admittedly, like I said earlier, has done very well to take advantage of like, sort of taking that that the, the team forward, so to speak. But Daniel Ricciardo, he's just taken so long to adapt to the McLaren car, and he still hasn't. I mean, maybe given to the end of the season, and then. And then obviously seeing the start next season, how he measures up. But McLaren have got to be a little... I mean, they'll give him time, of course. But they've got to be a little bit worried that he hasn't got to scratch quite quickly. Mm. Because this could cost them in their in their battle for third in the Drivers' Championship. When you've got Norris getting so many points. But Ricardo just... He's got less than half of Lando Norris's points. Um, which I don't think anyone would have foreseen at the start of the year. So he's definitely, for me, going in the losers, losers column too. Hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I uh, I don't necessarily disagree with Ricardo. I just I just want to be lenient on him. <laughs> so he didn't he didn't quite make it to my my losers. Well, he might pick it up later on in the season. I I really hope he does because I I'd like my beloved McLaren to do well. But hmm. my losers um also have two. I think one is Sonoda, and the other one is Schumacher. So Sonoda has been uh. a, a has. Well, in his words, he's had some ups and downs. That's what he put on Twitter <laughs> today. Say that again. Yeah. And um, <laughs> his ups and downs are a bit like the the theme park ride Oblivion at Alton Towers. If you've seen that one, it's one where you go up, uh, you know, yeah, a relatively good way, and then you just go down through the ground. Right, so it's much <laughs> further down than when you went up, um, and it's been a long way down. Uh, I I I don't know. I think he is. I think he is definitely a driver that has potential, but my goodness, he has not performed as well as we thought he would. And you know, maybe that's our fault for making him out to be this fantastic driver. But you know, he was he was supposed to be the chosen one, if you'd like, and and yeah. he hasn't quite <laughs> he hasn't quite pulled that one off yet. And it, you know, it's only in the midway of the season. I thoroughly hope that you know he goes back onto more ups, and we can be like, well, best comeback was Sunoda. But at the moment, he's just not really doing anything, which is a bit embarrassing. When you know Pierre Gasly has been absolutely smashing out of the park with the sister car, and so Alvatari mm. at the moment is sort of. Well, Tom, to coin a phrase from you, going along with his uh, ankle broken or whatever he's in Alonso. <laughs> and the uh, the other loser, I think, is, is Schumacher. And, well, actually, I think he's a loser because he, he's in a house uh, more than anything else. And I, I couldn't help but contrast this Schumacher's experience with his papa's uh, experience because they, they both debuted in a year that had a one in it. So... If you don't know that, um, he Michael Schumacher debuted in 1991 in, Jor- in a Jordan car, which also was bright green and cool. And 
you know, his son is debuting in 2021 in a house, which is, well, for some, you know, suspicious reason, in a car that is uh, very similar to a certain flag. Um, hmm. And, you know, whereas his dad has come along, got into the Jordan car and managed to qualify in fourth, I believe. Um, you know, Schumacher's doing his best, but he, he can't really pull himself up from well last or second to last and he has been on occasion sort of beaten embarrassingly by his teammate Mazaspin which isn't great either so I I think he's you know he's a loser and not necessarily the fact that he is a loser he's just not got a good package everything is a bit wrong at the moment and you don't want to be at Haas and I, I think I also saw that he was excited to you know that he was gonna be staying at Haas maybe for next year as well and mm. does one get excited for staying at Haas Tom <laughs> yeah probably not really I mean if he was going to Alfa Romeo that would be a huge upgrade and I think that shows the gulf really between Haas and Alfa Romeo and Alfa Romeo I don't think are doing that well but thankfully for Alfa Romeo fans out there or anyone working for them neither of their drivers are on my list although they did come very close um I have gone for Lance Stroll and I've gone for Lance Stroll because last year he did very well. His high, highest position was third place in Italy. His lowest was ninth. Compare that to this year. His highest is eighth, which he's got four times. And his lowest is 14th, which he got in Portugal. And I think there were questions going into the season about whether it was Stroll who had improved or whether Lance Stroll had just got a better car last year and a worse one this year, you know, in the pink Mercedes last year and now in a seventh place Aston Martin. And I think when you consider that he's 14th in the Drivers' Championship, 18 points that is level with Sonoda, who we've said, you know, is a loser. And when we consider as well that his teammate, uh, Sebastian Vettel, is 12th with 30 points, that's nearly double. And consider also as well that's after his second place was chalked off uh, after Hungary. And when you consider as well that at that same race, he rocketed into the side of uh, Leclerc in turn one, you know, a really naive move. I think there's a case to be made that either Lance Stroll has regressed as a driver or that ultimately he's not that good a driver as he was last year and that the, the and that the pink mercedes actually has just masked over what is you know a driver that still has a lot to learn the the aston martin this this year is not nearly as good as racing point that it was last year though that that is i think one of if i was to form an excuse for for strolls inadequacies this year it might be that because it it is it's not great actually and i think vettel is making it work in in a way that Stroll just isn't or or maybe can't. Um, but also, I, w- I it is worth bearing in mind that I think Vettel got quite lucky um, in the fact that in Hungary he got that second play. Although it's disqualified, wasn't it? So doesn't count. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, to use it as an example, it, you know, he was quite lucky to get into that position and kind of hold on. So yeah, I think you. I think you're right. I think Stroll is definitely lacking this year which is a shame because last year I think we said that he was doing much better but uh, to some extent it is the the car um, and he was a bit unlucky as well throughout the season having that tyre blowout um, and also deciding to you know test the, the structural rigidity um, <laughs> in the in the great bowling game um, <laughs> so it, it's, it's been a bit of a mess for him actually this year and I don't know I think I think maybe I'd put it slightly more down to the car 
and a couple of unlucky things, then maybe he's a regressed a bit. You know, but then that's the whole point, isn't it? You never know. We might get Turkey 2.0 and this time we might actually come back mm. in first. So, you know, it'd be nice if he yeah. shocked us a bit. Indeed, indeed. So who do we think? Who is the biggest loser out of those five that we've put forward? Angus, what do you think? I mean, I'm going to beat the drum for my own <laughs> my own point of view. I'm gonna, I, 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 was, I was considering Sonoda um, because I think not only because of his, his lack of performance, but also stuff like... I mean, clearly, it's, it must be very stressful to make your debut as a Formula One rookie after he's. And bear in mind, he's only had what the preseason testing. They're the lowest amount ever, so he's only had like a one and a half days of testing before he started his career. So there's a very much lack of preparation, which kind of excuses his like very raw sort of inconsistencies, and maybe it doesn't excuse his sweary rants over the radio. Um, but still, I, I think I'm still going to give it to Bottas um, for me, simply because. Like, I don't know, because even though he's not been challenging for that world championship necessarily the last couple of years, his performance level has been high and it's been good enough to easily consolidate constructors' championships for Mercedes. Um, but this year, like, he just hasn't... Has, I mean, they're still leading the constructors' championship, but he just he just hasn't been up to it, I feel. I mean, I feel like he could have done a lot better job. Um, and there's been times where his performance has severely like been shown up in comparison to in comparison to Hamilton for such as in Baku when Hamilton almost won the race and Bottas didn't get the points the whole race so for me I mean as well if Bottas this this form he's in could directly as well lead to the him losing his his seat the premium seat in Formula One so for me it has to be it has to be Bottas yeah, Mister mm. Beige. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's. I, I think. I think you're right. It is. It's one thing to be, you know, not doing well in the in a bad car. It's another to be not doing well in the in well, arguably the best car on the grid. So, yeah, I think. I think I agree with you. Guy, he's been on a mm. on a streak here, hasn't he, uh, Tom? <laughs> been <laughs> picking the biggest winners and biggest losers. But yeah, no, yeah, Bottas is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, he, I think he is, and especially as to uh, rub salt into the wounds, everyone's going, "Why you're not going to be here next year?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, he had the most to lose out of uh, the five that have been put forward, and when you consider that contracts are normally sorted out in the summer break, which we're in now, you kind of think that Bottas could have afforded to tail off at the end of this year, but really had to be going hell for leather uh, at the start of it. And yeah, no race wins at all this season uh, so far. I don't think, as I said many episodes ago, he will win a single race, which would be catastrophic. And yeah, with uh, George Russell's contract running out, he has the most to lose, and I think he will lose that uh, Mercedes second seat. So uh, yikes. Yeah, but then Russell will plug the hole, and we'll all be like, yeah, Russell! No, Russ, Ru- Russell will cause it'll be Hamilton Rosberg two point oh. It'll cause <laughs> absolute friction of that team, and it'll be it'll be chaos yeah, but, again. But I can't imagine, wait. imagine Hamilton Rosberg two point oh plus a competitive Verstappen. Like, ah, imagine if it was dream. if it was that and, and and a competitive Ferrari and a competitive McLaren. Oh, I know, incredible. but that's just not going to happen. Would that be too good? Wouldn't it? <laughs> too good. That sounds, that sounds incredible. Yeah, I can imagine that Russell's probably going to do uh, do what Leclerc did to De Vettel, get in his head, and then, you know, out goes the old. That remains to be seen. Okay, so finally, we're going to be getting on to the driver or constructor or both that has the biggest point to prove in the next, well, 12 races or so. Tristan, who have you gone for? So I've gone for Mercedes 
because the um, sort of break riding the wave of you're only in the lead because of some luck and so they've kind of got to distill those uh, criticisms into something that is worthy of people then saying actually no you're, you're doing this because you're you're the best so yeah they've got a massive point to prove at the moment Hamilton's got to be like nope I'm not in the lead because Verstappen had two big issues that weren't his fault and my teammate decided to uh, smash up the Red Bull garage and you know that <laughs> and uh, it's it's all my own doing here so he's got a massive uphill battle to, to climb especially after all the drama that's occurred and I think Mercedes and, and Toto Wolf especially are going to be you know chomping at the bit to show everyone who's actually boss and um, well dominate the uh, the second half of the season now for us fans we don't want that to happen I'd like it to be very very tight the entire time but that's the reality of it. They are angry. Mercedes is, is like the, the shaken up hornet's nest, if you'd like. They're going to want, you know, to fight back. And they're going to be, you know, going to have a point to prove. Nothing more can be said. For me, the the team that has the po- a point to prove is Alfa Romeo. Um, and for me, that's because they are constantly going on about how they've made great progress this year and they are a lot closer to the midfield, which in performance terms they are. You've, you see Raikkonen and Giovinazzi getting a lot closer to um, to so the teams like Alpine and Aston Martin um, and you see them less often having to fight for their lives to get out of Q1. Um, but that hasn't translated into anything really concrete on race day. Um, you can, ju- you can um, deduce that from the fact that they are currently behind Williams in the Constructors' Championship, despite having a faster car. Um, admittedly, Williams's big haul of points came on one freak day in Hungary a few weeks ago, where they got 10 of them all at once. Um, but Alfa Romeo is sitting there with just their three points, three tenth-place finishes, two for two for Raikkonen and one for Giovinazzi. Um, whilst they ran very good races to get those points, it's not the big haul of points they need to sort of help them finish higher up the Constructors' uh uh, championship table like Alpha, Alpha Tauri and Aston Martin and Alpine the teams that they're saying they've closed in performance on have have pulled far and away from them you've got Alfa mm. Romeo on three points mm. you've got Aston Martin in seventh on 48 points Alfa Romeo ain't catching that before the end of the season um, and they have, a, they have a point to prove just to even catch Williams um, which like there was a talk of course before the season of Williams having a more sort of peaks, peaks and troughs car in that their peaks would be really high. Their peaks have been really high. Um, George Russell getting into Q three, etc. But still, Alfa Romeo should they should like? I just feel like they've had a really disappointing season considering the like the expectations they put upon themselves, and it also pushes the argument for not just one driver but both drivers to be replaced for next season. Bring in bring in new experience um, or bring in new drivers with more experience, bring in like a Hulkenberg or a Kvyat or a Valtteri Bottas even, um, someone like that. So for me, them as a collective, I guess, not just the not just the team, but the drivers perhaps too. But I think my main point is the collective. They have a point to prove in that they need to actually realise the pace they have and translate it into results just to get above Williams uh, more than mm. anything else. Yeah, I've actually gone for, well, I suppose it's kind of the team, but largely one driver. And I think that Sergio Perez has got a point to prove uh, because he's been brought in and he's been doing fine. 
Um, but he's been brought in, I presume, on a bigger pay packet than uh, Gasly and Albon to help Red Bull and Max Verstappen win both the Drivers' Championship and the Constructors' Championship. And as I say, he's done okay. He's got points in 8 out of 11 races. He's got one first-place finish and a third. But when you consider that he's fifth in the Drivers' Championship, four points behind Valtteri Bottas, which we said he's had a quite a poor season, Bottas, then you've got to say there's question marks over... How well Sergio Perez is doing, considering he finished fourth uh, in 2020. And there's an argument to be made that ultimately his 2020 was so good, it was perhaps unsustainable and there was likely to be some fall uh, in quality in terms of race points, considering he is in that uh, that haunted second seat at Red Bull, shall we say. But um, But yes, he needs to be... The difference, really, and I think he will be the difference either way, either positively uh, for Red Bull or negatively um, for them. And, and I think, considering that Mercedes are vulnerable, considering that I'd say Red Bull probably have the better car, then a lot of onerous is on him to make sure that at least Valtteri Bottas, but hopefully Lewis Hamilton is is has their race made difficult uh, by him and. Unfortunately, he's not done that too much. A couple of fourth-place finishes, as we said, is very much minimum for uh, the second driver at Red Bull. And he has been an improvement, as I say, on the last two. But is he that much of an improvement? Currently, I'd say no. Uh, and I think that's why there's still not you know, official confirmation about what will happen moving forwards with his contract. But if he ups his game, he can do it. We all know he can do it. Um, then I think all will be... Uh, Happy, smiley, and lovely. But uh, yes, a point to prove. Do you think he will do it though? Because there's, he's definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, better as a as a wingman to Max than Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon have been mm. in the past. But you know, where, will he get himself up to the standard they're all expecting? Because as much as Bottas might be our biggest loser, he does quite a respectable job of you know matching Lewis Hamilton's time plus you know two tenths of a second which puts him in second place and then boom that's it that, that's mm. the mercedes lock whereas perez seems to well drift between sort of fourth sixth sometimes and you know sometimes even worse than that so you know he's got a massive point to prove will he do it i think he'll finish above bottas but that's still only fourth and that's still behind a mclaren so if we're saying will he do it i.e will he win the championship himself or help Max well, win yeah, it. Well, yeah, is it would be you know, no. we turn around and say yeah, he was an integral part I, of I, the Red Bull strategy. I don't think I don't think we'll say that it was Perez what won it, put it that way, but I think he'll do a good enough job to retain his seat for next year. Yeah, I think that there's talk of them promoting Gasly, but I just can't see after his previous I mean, clearly he's a he's a much stronger driver than he was. He was still a strong driver a couple of years ago, but he's definitely a stronger driver now. Um, but I still think, yeah, I think, I think, because I think that if you look at actual percentages, Perez is still contributing more points to the Red Bull tally compared to like Albon and Gasly. It's just, I think that with them, like they were brought in as relative rookies still to the Red Bull setup, to the actual Red Bull team, but Perez obviously has a wealth of experience behind him. So maybe because like our expectations were higher for him, maybe why he's not, um, like bringing in, like sort of not being regarded as a, as a winner maybe or even like not like sort of not a point to prove um mm. but yeah mm. I, i'd just like to also call out myself for predicting at the start of the season that perez would get more points 
than the stuff <laughs> in the season. Oh dear. That was, oh, terrible prediction yeah, there. Well, stinker. it's only halfway through now, so you, know, <laughs> you never know. Mathematically <laughs> impossible. Just, just claw, yeah, he's just got a claw back an eighty-three point deficit. That's no problem. So right, Bottas will just keep torpedoing him. Yeah, exactly. That's fine. <laughs> okay, so who do we think then has the biggest point to prove? Mercedes, without a shadow of a doubt, they got to shake off all this criticism, and you know they've got to win. That's that's the end of it, hasn't it? They've got to win the hybrid era, and if they lose this year, then it's like, well, that's it. Your your advantage was just knocked off. The crown is has not got the final jewel. It's like Thanos's glove without <laughs> one stone. It's like, oh, it's just it's just a bit crap now, isn't it? Nah, I think we can we can we can allow them. What not allow them one championship slip, but the fact that they've done seven in a row, it wouldn't be. It's not like if they don't get eight, we're like, oh, this Mercedes they're, they're <laughs> dreadful. Yeah, frauds. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's the whole thing, though, isn't it? Because they've got to prove that they Max Max isn't winning and Rebel isn't winning because of the you know the end of the end of the sort of first half of the season, the bad luck that happened to Red Bull. They've got to prove their point, prove their dominance. You know. Yeah, but then the but then if some that's the thing if someone like tries to bring them down a peg, they can always turn around and be like, "Mate, have you seen my eight world championships? Like, you you can't really point to prove. No, no, no so only seven so far. Well, I oh, know it's eight. No, yeah, well, well, only like, seven. They, well, <laughs> eight, eight if they win this year. Yeah, exactly. They need that. They need that that strike. So far, they might just get spared. I don't know. I I, I actually have to. Mm. I think I have to agree with Tom here in that Perez. I I mean Ooh. I I know that I know that I said that he's contributed more points but still i feel like it's weird he he literally has a race win under his belt like albon and gasly never got within a country mile of a of a race win in the in, when they're in the red bull so for perez to admittedly extenuating circumstances verstappen's tire blew up and perez went straight on through yeah but he's won a race and he's still kind of under pressure so i do still think as simply because just looking at the stat the the race by race breakdown as well he sort of like started off slowly then around Baku he hit like a peak and then he got a podium in France after that but since then he's gone back down again so I st- I do think because yeah. his levels dropped he needs to because he he needs to prove he can get it back up again because he is still about four or five tenths off Verstappen in mm. qualifying so I'd I'd say Perez more than yeah. Mercedes personally good luck <laughs> well there you go <laughs> What a mid-season review, eh? (laughs) Very meddling. Fabulous. And so ends episode 18 of F1 in Review. Thank you very much for listening to our mid-season review. And you'll all be happy to hear that racing is back. The summer break is over. We go to uh, Belgium to Spa for that Grand Prix, which starts on the 27th, being the Friday. And then there's a triple header where we go to the Netherlands and we also go to Italy after that. So racing's back. We look forward to actually reviewing some racing and not talking about the academics, what may be and what could happen in terms of next season. But until next time, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, Spa really puts the word grand into grand pricks yeah incredible joke (laughs) Uh, I know it's awesome (laughs)